This episode of Intelligent Medicine is brought to you by Future Farm Botanicals Liquid Wild Oil of Oregano with Rosemary Extract and Natural Honey Flavor. Future Farm's Wild Oil of Oregano supports a variety of healthy benefits, including antimicrobial effects, as well as supporting the immune system. Plus, Future Farm is the first ever to formulate wild oil of oregano with rosemary. Rosemary aids circulation, helps alleviate muscle pain, improves memory, and also gives your immune system a boost. The natural honey flavor enhances the taste while still giving you all of the benefits. For more information and to order, call 888-841-7216, 888-841-7216, or go to myfuturefarm.com slash Hoffman. That's future, P-H-A-R-M, myfuturefarm.com slash Hoffman. Wild oil of oregano is all natural, science-based, and works without adverse side effects. MyFutureFarm.com slash Hoffman. Welcome back to today's Intelligent Medicine Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Ronald Hoffman. And since it's our weekly Q&A with Layla, we're answering your questions. And inevitably, question has arisen about the vaccine. Let's uh, yes, reiterate yes. that one, please. Uh, from Michael, if one decided to take the vaccine, would you advise the person to select, if able to select, one from any of the companies? Or would you prefer one company's vaccine over the others? Are there trade-offs? Okay. Well, the answer is we simply don't know. Yeah. And that's kind of a scary situation. Because this is a novel coronavirus. It's a novel coronavirus, and it's the first uh, battle testing, field testing, of an essentially several experimental vaccines. Mm -hmm. These these are not tried and true vaccines because they've, in preliminary studies, they've been shown to be, quote, effective. Yeah. But it's unclear uh, what their impact is going to be on the pandemic, uh, whether side effects will emerge, Mm-hmm. Um, and it, they you break down into uh, several different types. Um, there's the two that are based on uh, messenger RNA yes. technology, encapsulated and injected, and those are two-step vaccines. Those are the Moderna and the Pfizer. Ah, and so those are the if you're but if you're getting the vaccine now, you're likely to get one or the other of those. Yes, which um, needs another shot, uh, a second. Right. What is emerging is the uh, there's a new AstraZeneca vaccine, which is a one shot vaccine. It's going to be more easy to distribute because it doesn't need to be stored at, you know, these at you ne- know, negative 70 degrees Celsius <laughs> right. or so. some <laughs> like, positive, whatever it is. At absolute zero. Yeah. You know, yeah. In a, yeah. You know right. So uh, and so the, more of these vaccines are coming on stream. Uh, then there's also some vaccines that are not based on MRA, mRNA technology. They're yeah. based on a more traditional vaccine technology. Like a flu shot type of thing. Um, there's the there's the China Vax. There's the Sputnik vaccine, which is being uh, oh. sold to countries in the third world by the Russians. Uh, we have no idea at all about the safety of those. They probably won't even be approved for use in the United States for safety reasons oh and perhaps political and economic reasons. Sure. Um, you know, because we're in competition. Uh, mm-hmm. So the answer is we don't know. Yeah. We, don't, we simply don't know. And you know, and I try to read everything I can about mm-hmm. the vaccines. Mm-hmm. And you know, I also I'm uh, cautious about two things. I'm cautious about uh, people who say no problem. Mm-hmm. Though there are no side effects to this. It's minimal. It's like a little arm soreness. There's nothing. No problem. People say that. I think they should um, 
you know, check, curb their enthusiasm. Yeah. Right? Yeah. On the other hand, there are people who say there's some dire possibilities of this, that this is going to trigger, you know, all these horrible consequences. Mm. Um, I, you know, I don't know. I, yeah. you know, I, I'm looking at those things. I, those, those, those scare stories have not been borne out yet. Yeah. But it's too early to tell. Yes. So some, you know, I'm, I'm really a disciple of science, but yes. true science, not science propaganda. Right. And not fear mongering. Not, not science that fits a certain narrative. Right. Mm. And the narrative is currently, we ought to have got to take it. Mm. We all got to take it. Mm-hmm. And, uh, there are compelling reasons for us all to take it, but there's also some room for caution yes. and uh, a wait-and-see approach. Yes. So that's what we're going to do. We're going to have to balance. look at these very... And it may be that... I, I just got a... We had a, uh, a call today, and mm. you know these people didn't come in because they're you know staying home under lockdown, but they called us, and yes. one of the questions in their mind was uh, an 80-year-old guy... What, uh, which of the vaccines should he take? And I said, well, first of all, it, it, you don't even really have much of a choice. It's going to be what's available. Yeah. Um, yeah. Number one. Number two, we have no idea which, you know, is Moderna safer than Pfizer? Is, should you wait for the AstraZeneca or the Johnson and Johnson? Mm-hmm. Um, no idea. Yeah. No it, idea. It, it's not like, right. you know, when you go, we have a lot of consumer choice. It's like, you know, you, you, when you buy a car, it's like, Shall I buy a Ford, Chevrolet? Shall I buy a Mercedes? Shall I buy, you know, a, an Audi? Uh, an Audi, you know, mm-hmm. uh, like, uh, you know, it, mm-hmm. the, we have a lot of choice. Basically, they're, they're the, they have a steering wheel, they have four wheels, they all have infotainment systems. Yes. <laughs> you know, it's you know, pretty much the same. But, uh-huh. you know, is that we look minutely at consumer reports and all these ratings, you know, cars, magazines to decide which one is the best. Yeah. With this, it, we seem like we have consumer choice. Yeah. But yeah. But, and it depends on but who on, has based which. on no no real tangible knowledge. Right. right. Well, Michael has a follow-up question. Okay. Also, some quote alternative ideologues claim that thousands of people who took the vaccine experienced quote serious reactions and that the mainstream media is quote not reporting it. Is there any evidence to support such claims? It, one can suppose that yeah. in the current climate, there will be a bias by the, quote, responsible media yeah. to minimize side effects because mm-hmm. the narrative or the agenda is to reassure the public. Yes. And also by uh, health authorities mm-hmm. because there's, with as with most vaccine efforts, there's a lot of mistrust. Mm-hmm. To some extent founded, to some extent unfounded, um, and they want to overcome that by saying, "Oh, you know, a couple of people fainted, or you know, a couple of people had allergic reactions, but that's very rare. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, people had sore arms, or they had a little malaise for a couple of days. No biggie. You know, mm-hmm. that's what you're going to hear. Right, right. And but also uh, keep in mind the side effects may emerge months or years afterwards. That's true. So I, as with look any. I've always said to people, do not be the first kid on the block to take a new drug. Yeah. Um, unless you're unless you're at death's door. If if you're at, if you have the right to try, I believe in the right to the try. Right. If you have a very advanced cancer and yeah. there's and nothing has worked for you. Exactly. And there's a a, a, a new, but maybe a little potentially dangerous drug, mm-hmm. but it might give you a, a chance to grab the ring and survive. 
go for it. Absolutely. Go for it. Yeah. But this is not, this is where we're very different. It's you taking people who are essentially well. Yes. And you're telling them to take it. Mm -hmm. uh, and especially where people are not at that particularly high risk. You know, you tell a, like a 35-year-old right. uh, to take it. Well, the 35 mm -hmm. is, is much, is about like a 99.997% chance of surviving COVID-19. Yeah. And I won't minimize the fact that some people get pretty sick and they have sure. long-term side effects. So yeah. death is not the only consequence of this. Right. Um, but, um, and also, you know, the... The, the relief from fear and anxiety that you might have once you've been vaccinated because you feel, you know, mm -hmm. that you can go back in the world. And okay. Well, people, I think, are also putting uh, too much, can I call it faith? They think that the vaccine is going to cure them, that they will never get COVID. No, you could still get COVID. It may not be as severe because the vaccine helped you in that way. It's kind of like the flu vaccine. Would you say? It is. But, you know, one thing that we have not really uh, thoroughly investigated, although so far it's not emerged, is the possibility that um, some people will get an exaggerated immune response when they're when they confront the virus. Yeah. Um, which is That's a, a concern. That is a concern. Yeah. And it's I think like an augmented uh, antibody response, mm -hmm. which... Um, what do they call it? Antigen priming or something? Yeah, exactly. Antigen exactly. Priming. Antigen mm -hmm. priming. Uh, you know, they use various terms for it, but it means that the body will be alerted to the presence of the virus, but will have an overly exuberant response to the virus once it confronts it, you know, more an exaggerated response. We haven't really seen that in some of the preliminary trials, yeah. but, you know, there's also some concerns about the transparency of the disclosures around the vaccine research. That's true. And That's true too. Uh, so, you know, we need transparency because um, as and much vaccine as... vaccine research is being done by, by the pharmaceutical companies themselves. So... Yeah. Uh, uh, that's another... So it, another thing that is... It's another bias, possibly. Another possibly. thing that is, um, you know, somewhat... Disconcerting, it probably is a necessity, is that they have a liability shield. That's right. Now, I'd like you that. You know who put that in place? Ronald Reagan. Ronald I was Reagan. surprised. Right, okay. That yeah. the, the, the vaccine industry is hold, held not accountable right. for any harm that may come. Well, I understandably, because it's a risky business, and, you know, in order for them to invest the billions of dollars uh, in that research yeah. and development, uh, they would have to be shielded from the potential that it could go horribly wrong. The notion is that there's a public good that countermands the individual's rights to get redress when they get an adverse reaction. Yeah. Now, but that's a little scary. It I mean, is scary. I like one of those liability shields. Like, I go and I practice, I do whatever I want. Mm -hmm. And who wouldn't want that? Yeah. You wouldn't have to pay so much for malpractice insurance. Right. Oh, <laughs> wow. It's like, wow. You know. Okay. Not to go down a rabbit hole, but say this quote antigenic priming were to occur as a result of a vaccine. We're just talking here. Talking out. And what if, what if there was an over exuberant response from the immune system likened to a cytokine storm? Right. That could. That's not desirable. <laughs> right. 
But it's not in, desirable in a few from month, a vaccine. In a few months, we may see that. Yes, yes. You know, we may yeah. either be reassured that that's not happening. Yeah. Because people will be exposed. They'll uh, be testing positive for COVID. Mm. And uh, they won't be as sick. Yeah. As in, the, as in the preliminary trials, because, you know, they actually looked at the people who got sick with COVID and they said they, they didn't die as frequently and they had less severe symptoms. Yeah. So that's good. That's okay. encouraging. And yes. we maybe maybe that's the way it's going to pan out. But okay. hypothetically, it's a concern. But also the people who harp on that as a reason not to take the vaccine, I think they're being a little bit guided by uh, bias mm-hmm. and fear, mm-hmm. you know, because some people are naturally, I'm getting with a program and some people are, I'm digging my feet in and ain't going to yes. do what they tell me to do. Yeah. You know, just... Uh, constitutionally, yeah. That, yeah. So, they, their, their, their uh, understanding of the situation is colored by the the bias yes. that they bring to it. Yes. There's uh, so, anyway. Michael, thank you for your always very thoughtful questions. Stay tuned because we'll stay on top of this. All right. Good point at which to pause and allow one of our sponsors to share this vital message with you. Here it goes. Are you looking to give your immune system a boost? This is Dr. Ronald Hoppen with a natural solution from Future Farm Botanicals, liquid wild oil of oregano with rosemary extract and natural honey flavor. Future Farm's wild oil of oregano supports a variety of health benefits, including antimicrobial effects, as well as supporting the immune system. Plus, Future Farm is the first ever to formulate wild oil of oregano with rosemary. Rosemary aids circulation, helps alleviate muscle pain, improves memory, and also gives your immune system a boost. The natural honey flavor enhances the taste while still giving you all of the benefits. Future Farm sources this product from the Mediterranean and produces it in the United States. For more information and to order, call 888-841-7216, 888-841-7216, or go to myfuturefarm.com slash Hoffman. That's future, P-H-A-R-M, myfuturefarm.com slash Hoffman. Wild oil of oregano is all natural, science-based, and works without adverse side effects. MyFutureFarm.com slash Hoffman. Thanks for listening and thanks for supporting our sponsors. They're what make Intelligent Medicine a continuing free resource for you. And now back to our questions. we got some good ones still. Yeah, we've got an email from Joe. Hi, Dr. and Layla. I've been diagnosed with methane SIBO. Okay. Years ago. Well, let's let's differentiate. Yeah. There's SIBO, small intestine bacterial overgrowth, mm-hmm. which can be responsible for a lot of the symptoms of gas, bloating, indigestion, uh, which are sometimes dubbed uh, IBS, irritable bowel syndrome. Yeah. Uh, there's, uh, when you do a SIBO test, it's a breath test, which actually we administer to our patients, and mm-hmm. you breathe into a bag after taking a certain challenge substance, usually uh, either... Um, uh, it's um, usually, um, uh, what are we using these days? Uh, oh, the type of test? Yeah. Uh, I forget the name of the test. Yeah, it's, it's it, the hydrogen breath test. Yes, yes, hydrogen right. breath test. But it's, well, so they take a challenge substance, they breathe out, and then mm-hmm. based on the uh, results of that, uh, either you do or you don't have SIBO, or if you have SIBO, is it, is it hydrogen? hydrogen? Are you breathing out hydrogen or are you breathing out methane? Mm -hmm. If you're breathing out hydrogen, it's more likely you have the diarrhea predominant IBS. Mm -hmm. Uh, That's often treated with um, a medication Mm -hmm. uh, or we treat it botanically. Uh, The methane predominant kind is more difficult. It's more often associated with constipation and that 
uh, it's oh, harder yeah. to treat. It's harder to treat. Okay. Okay. So was diagnosed with methane SIBO years ago and haven't had any success with alleviating it's hard to treat. any of the symptoms. Yes. I've listened to many of your programs on the subject of SIBO and gut health, but I can't recall hearing you talk about a gut microbiome test and if there are any benefits to this. I recently read about them and how they could potentially pinpoint which bacteria you're missing. Do you believe this to be an accurate and beneficial test? The answer is sort of accurate and mm -hmm. sort of beneficial with limitations because it does not do a great job of picking up what are called anaerobic bacteria. Okay. Uh, but the newer tests are based on DNA and DNA mm. uh, does not die when it passes through your intestinal tract. So the previous methods where you take poop and you'd culture on a culture medium yeah. and see what grows. But if you, if you grow it under conditions where there's oxygen, which is almost necessary, yes. uh, it's very hard to keep anaerobic. Uh, you're not going to see representative of the species within you uh, where there's a low oxygen level. Mm. With the DNA test, you can get a better handle on species that are important, like um, yeah. uh, Fecalobacter prasnitzi and prasnitzi. Uh, yeah, and Ackermansia. You know, these are. Did uh, you like memorize these words one day? No, I. I <laughs> you just you, they just flew off your tongue like you've been speaking it all your life. <laughs> wow! Wow! Okay. Oh, I'm lucky to I'm lucky to remember a few Lactobacillus species and Bifidobacterium species. But wow! Okay. Yeah, but ask me uh, who the contestants were on the you know the, the mask dancer you know uh, latest uh, you know I, or uh, you know who's going to win the Grammys uh, you know I don't know anymore. Yeah, so a microbiome test could potentially. Be helpful or, or at least give some information. Yeah, and then the question is, okay, you get all this information, then what the heck do you do? How do you fix it? Yeah. Because people act, you know, they use like a paradigm of uh, see a bug, kill a bug, you know, like, oh, this is a bad bug, let's kill it with an antibiotic or an herb. Yeah. And that isn't necessarily the way it works in the gut. So, you know, mm. it may come back down to, you know, eat a healthy diet, you know, avoid uh, right, processed foods. That microbiome test can change from week to week or even from three days to the next three days, depending on how you've eaten. Ex or with exercise or yes. with stress even. And who you hung out with. Oh, yeah. Because we're work. a holobiome, right. apparently. Uh, they say so. that uh, medical workers inherit the microbiome that is prevalent in the hospital mm. within 48 hours. Wow. And, they, and it doesn't, they don't have to like lick the floor. To just just being there, Yum. right? <laughs> you know, it's like you know. Let me let me lick the uh, you know the doorknobs. Mm -hmm. No, you don't have to do that. Mm -hmm. Wow, Joe, best of luck to you. And feel better, spouses and yes. uh, people you know who yeah. are uh, partners. Mm -hmm. They have they share microbiomes. Yep, not identical because everybody yep. has their own individual sure um, yeah. genetic. Uh, predisposition to a microbiome yeah. or the priming that they received when they were an infant. Mm -hmm. You know, they bring that forward. So, yeah. it, you know, the, I, the stool testing is getting better and better, mm. but then the question is, what do you do with all that information? And is it deadly accurate? And it, I think it's 
getting to the point where it's becoming more accurate. I hear one of the ways to analyze this is with uh, AI, artificial intelligence. Ah, okay. Because there's just so much information. Like if I see a test and it gives me like like 4,000 species, I my brain can't yeah. handle that. Yeah. You know, I can barely keep, keep up with the Yankees roster. You know, it's like <laughs> a 40-player roster. What about 4,000 yeah. players? D- Dr. Hoffman, Joe doesn't mention how he tried to alleviate these symptoms, okay, whether well, using botanicals or diet. But Joe, if you haven't tried diet, it's worth a try. Definitely try diet, but also consider for methane predominant, try an, a trantil. A trantil, yeah, yes. That's for, you know, it's built, It's an over-the-counter product uh, for bloating, abdominal discomfort. And mm-hmm. it does seem to work on methane predominant. Mm-hmm. The other thing that works is uh, allicin, uh, oh, Ali Max is Ali Max from right. garlic, the right. Allison and garlic, yeah. which can help to. Uh, I remember that because that. our receptionist's daughter is named Allie, so Al- that's right. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. Okay. So, uh, yeah, your garlic is helpful. Some of the other things that are usually helpful for uh, the non-methane type, the hydrogen type, are not as helpful for the hydrogen type. Mm-hmm. So uh, we might also use uh, 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 some lactulose, mm-hmm. uh, you know, things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. you know, some different uh, antibiotics than we would use. Zyfaxin. Uh, Zyfaxin is helpful for the hydrogen predominant, not so much yeah. for the methane predominant. Uh, Flagyl sometimes helpful for the methane predominant. Mm. Okay. Best of luck to you, Joe. Lactulose, I'm sorry, is the challenge, actually. It's the, the challenge. Test. It's the test. It's the yeah, lactulose. It's the lactulose yeah. breath test, yeah. Okay. Uh, moving on, we've got an email. Lorraine emailed us last week. She has Dupuytren's contracture. Dupuytren's Dupuytren. contracture. Monsieur Dupuytren yeah. named it. Yeah. <laughs> so she says, Dear Dr. Hoffman and Layla, I just listened to the podcast discussing my Dupuytren's question. I cannot help but wonder if taking collagen for the last two years might be contributing to this condition and if I should stop putting collagen powder in my shape. So it is a disease of excess collagen deposition. Mm -hmm. But I can't tell you that by taking oral collagen, it makes it worse. For all we know, taking oral collagen might make it better. It might True. give you. It's great for your healthy, hair, skin, nails, and joints. It might give you healthy collagen, right. And oppose the development of this fibrosed collagen. So huh. I can't tell you that you could collagen having an great, impact on yeah, that at all. You know, yeah. Um, yeah. Because, for example, uh, you know, UC two, which is undenatured collagen type yes. two, is helpful for a collagen disease, which mm-hmm. is rheumatoid arthritis. Mm-hmm. So by taking collagen, you can help uh, joints. Uh, so to say that Dupuytren is made worse by taking collagen, I mean, we don't, we don't, we don't know. And we can't, Right. I mean, uh, any number of things may have contributed to it. You know, it could be, uh, you know, uh, mm-hmm. things that happened, mm-hmm. antecedent things. It's the ergo hoc, propter hoc, logical fallacies. Whatever came before is the cause of the problem. And you, we humans tend to do that. We tend to go, oh, there's causality there. You know, it's like, mm-hmm. oh, um, you know, the, uh, the, the there was an eclipse of the sun, so that's why. Uh, that's why I couldn't see. That's why. Um, that's why my cousin died. You know, oh, you know yeah, that kind of thing. It's like, like no. a, a ancient exactly. uh, superstition is okay. based on the ergo hoc propter hoc logical fallacy, which is that yeah. whatever you did before 
is the cause of things going forward. And okay, there's some plausibility, collagen, collagen. Yeah. You know, but there's no known linkage there. Yeah. Lorraine also mentions when the possible benefit is of systemic enzymes for this condition mm. was mentioned, which we talked about. Yes. Wobenzyme popped into my mind, and yeah. we talked about Wobenzyme. Yeah. She also says, also, my dad was a butcher. Some of his fingers were curved. Mm. And I've read that this condition can be hereditary. Oh, of course. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. So there you go. Mm -hmm. There might be, there is a predisposition there. Mm -hmm. Thanks, as always, for your listening ears and caring hearts. Oh, Lorraine, thank you. Oh, yeah. Thank you. Yeah. All right. And we're, we're, we're hopeful that you're able to to rectify that condition. Wow. And speaking of uh, ending, mm -hmm. uh, we're at the end of our time allotment for part oh, two. Oh, my goodness. So uh, that was give, us a, give us a little preview of some things we're going to tackle in future weeks. Oh, any recommendations on wearing a mask eight hours a day? My 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 sister is getting brain fog. Okay. Uh, specific carbohydrate diet for irritable bowel syndrome. Mm -hmm. But we'll it didn't completely help weeks. me. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. More about the vaccine. Vaccine, vaccine, and, vaccine. And a question about long haulers. Oh, okay. After great. recovering from COVID nineteen. Okay, so we've got some grist for the mill. We've got for some good exactly. Week. But that does not mean that you should forbear from sending us your questions because they'll go in a hopper eventually we'll get to them radio program at aol.com is the destination for questions have yourself a safe and healthy week and uh, hope that uh, wherever you are that you uh, uh, weather the uh, current winter doldrums yeah we'll be back with more next week thank you Layla thanks Dr. Hoffman thanks everybody I'm Dr. Ronald Hoffman and this is the Intelligent Medicine Podcast this is Layla Mutin, RD. I see patients regularly along with Dr. Hoffman. If you require a nutrition consult with me but live out of town, there's no need to travel to New York City. I have telephone consultations with clients from all over the country. Please visit drhoffman.com for more information. And to set up an appointment, call 212-779-1744. That's 212 212- 779-1744. I look forward to being a collaborator in your health care.